Welcome to the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast, a podcast where we teach speakers how to land paid speaking engagements and corporate contracts. Each week, we deliver high-quality content that teaches you how to level up your speaking business. Be sure to join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group after having your mind blown by this information-filled episode. Now, here's your host, Ashley Kirkwood, lawyer and professional speaker. This is the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. I'm super excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today. And in fact, this may be one of those podcast episodes that goes on the Ashley Nicole Show and Speak Your Way to Cash because there are far-reaching implications. So I'm super stoked to get into this conversation and this discussion. Let me just pull up what I need to pull up and give you guys some time to get on in the room. All right, all right, all right. Okay, good. So we're here. We're live. Thank you all so much for joining us. So I have a special guest with me today on the Ashley Nicole Show. I am so, 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 so excited to welcome for the first time on either of my shows, either of my podcasts, my husband, Christopher Kirkwood. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, it's still morning, babe. Good morning. How are you? It's good to see you. Feel like it's been a while. Oh my goodness. Y'all have to excuse me because he still makes me blush. So I have to try to like maintain my focus and make this (laughs) make this very impactful. So here's what we're talking about today. And just drop a hello in the comments if you're joining us, if you can see us, you can hear us. If you're listening to this podcast after the fact, then let me know that as well. So we're going to be talking today about support, how to win your family support. And this is something that comes up all the time. And you all are going to hear some stuff you've never heard before about my journey and how it really was behind the scenes for me getting my husband's support and also building a business. But first, I want him to introduce himself. So again, Chris, welcome to the Ashley Nicole Show. Tell everyone who you are, how we know each other, all that good stuff. (laughs) Well, we know each other because we live together. Uh, We are husband and wife. Is it eight years? In March, eight years in March. So again, good morning. My name is Christopher Kirkwood. I am a uh, educator by trade. I have been working in the college and career space for about 10 years now. Um, I'm a graduate of uh, UIC, University of Illinois at at Chicago. And that is actually where Ashley and I reconnected. We did go to high school together, but we we had no formal formal relationship until uh, she she, uh, transferred to UIC for college. And so uh, that's really where our our love story began our senior year of undergrad. Okay, so so fast forward. Why am I here? I am here because my wife is amazing. Uh, she is crushing it. Personally, I am a behind-the-scenes individual. I do not like being in the camera, which is why it's taken so long for me to get here um, and you know to see all in front of all of you all. But I have come to the conclusion that now is just the chance. It's a, a chance, an opportunity, and it's the time for me really to to buckle down and um, to help and support Ashley officially with with all of the businesses. And I'll say our businesses because I've been there since before conception of of Speaking yes. Cash, Movement or Council, all things Ashley, the Ashley Nicole Show, Passion, um, purpose, passion and paychecks. purpose, and Paychecks. So all of those things we have really. Uh, design and talk about together. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you all have any questions, love, marriage, business, please let us know. Drop them in the chat so that we can answer those questions while we're here. It's very rare that we get Chris here. Like he knows me better than anyone. (laughs) So this is going to be good. We're going to dive right in because one of the things that I would like for everyone to know is 
is is this. Chris, I get questions all the time that say, you're so confident. You always seem like you have it together. Uh, without going into too many details, what would you say to the person who looks at me or looks at us and thinks we always have it together? Uh, I'm... <laughs> that I always have it together and I know what's going on because you see behind the scenes. So you can you can talk about my struggles in a way that I dismiss because I don't dwell on that. But you were actually there. You actually see it. What would you say to that person who wants to, you know, achieve at a high level, but feels like they don't have the confidence to do it? I will say that, Ashley, you are, if not the most one of the most confident persons I've ever come in contact with. And still, you have moments where you don't feel like you, you have it all together. And I would say, you know, she's a real person. We are real people. It. I've always been um, a realist. I can really see beyond a lot of facades. <laughs> so I know that even when people get online and, and you know, they, they put forth this representation of themselves, that's not the fullness of who they are. And the same is true for, for Ashley. The same is true for us. You know, we we put our best foot forward. That's not to say that we're hiding anything, but it's, it is to say that there are some things that you don't show the rest of the world. There are some things that are intimate. There are some things that you you are still working on and therefore you don't put it out there because there could be sometimes you get feedback when you are working on a project. But too many times today in social media, we get. Uh, there's a backlash. People take that information and they use that against you. And if you are still working on a certain area, you are at your most vulnerable when it comes to that subject. And therefore, you are not yet ready to put that into the atmosphere to where people who don't care about you have the opportunity to criticize and break that down when they don't have the best, your best interest at heart. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. And so you and, and honestly, social media is marketing. So, so you're using it to market. You're you're putting yourself out there in order to market to get to a desired result. So you want to make sure that you are looking at everything through that lens. But one of the things that I think you brought up that is critical that I want people to, to kind of get into is like he said he's a realist. I am not a realist. I am like a visionary. If I get an idea, I'm running with it. I, I don't care what's real. I don't care what it looks like. Good morning. Good morning. I don't care about any of that. I am like going with it. So I would come home from events sometimes and be hyped. Like I would have met two or three people. We're networking. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I would come home and I'd be like, hey, I just met a new friend. This is going to be amazing. We're going to do all these great things together. I have this new business idea. I'm going to partner with so-and-so. We're going to get all this done. And Chris would be like, First off, then people aren't your friends. Yeah. First of all, they're not your friends at all. And you need to back it up. And for me, that felt like it wasn't support, but in reality, it was protection. So can you talk a little bit about how that balance plays out and how like it doesn't, because I, I, maybe, I don't know if it's a woman thing. I don't know if it's a man thing. I don't know if it's just entrepreneur versus someone who's in corporate, but how, because those were tougher times for us to communicate, but like from your vantage point, what was that about? Like, why weren't you as excited as me at the outset? <laughs> and, and how can people who are at home who want that support, what do they need to communicate to their spouse so that they can get that support? So be more specific about the, the timing. Like, what, at which time When I are first you... started the business. When okay. I first started the business. And which you were one? just, which, <laughs> which one? <laughs> okay, so, okay, when you first started the business, you were doing a whole bunch of videos on social media, what I recognized with the audience is that it just wasn't who you needed to be in front of yet. 
there were a lot of people who I call gassers. They were, you know, they would get on there, they would, they would, you know, charge you up, they would amp you up. But when it came down for them to support you financially or support you by showing up to an event, they were nowhere to be found. And so that really that bothered me. And and you know, looking forward, I was thinking to myself and th- you know, and saying to you, how do we make this sustainable by which you can make a profit? You can, or if you are doing an event or doing videos, a series, whatever, that it is worth your time, that like there is some kind of benefit to which you are, you know, you're you're getting access to a larger audience. You're getting access to a greater pool of people that will open up doors to you later or that you will uh, get to meet some someone that can speak into your business, uh, you know, in growth. So I'm always looking for avenues of benefit, like where's the reciprocity and where is the value add? And that's with, yeah. with people, you know, because, yeah. you know, people will waste your time. You all know if you want. I don't <laughs> yeah. really, really. I'm not a person who has taken advantage of social media for business or any real real reason. I get on there. <laughs> I get on there really to, to, watch, to videos. watch videos. I get on there because it's an outlet of it's, it's entertainment for me in most instances. But actually, really, this is her this is an avenue of business for her. And I wanted I wanted to make sure that that was clear between that. If I'm getting online and I'm going, if I ever go live, it's for, <laughs> it's for something probably funny, family related. So I am, I wouldn't be expecting for Ashley to spend too much time, you know, with a person like me. And that is really what I was saying. Like get online, get in front of people who are going to be a value add, who are going to who are going to spend the money, who are going to value you, who are going to support you, or they're going to share it with people who would be in your your perfect audience. You know, one of the things he would do is he would, I would be so excited. I'd be so excited to like talk to him. I'd be so excited to tell him about what's going on. Mike said, that's my cousin, Mr. Kirkwood. <laughs> so, and I'd be so, I'd be so gassed up. I'd be so happy. And he would be like, are they are these people going to pay you? Did they did they pay an invoice? Are they going to make you some money? What is the point of this? And I think that one of the benefits of having family that is not easily impressed is that I am always very motivated to do more because Chris never really lets me. He never lets me celebrate fictitious wins or what do you call them when it's like you get an award and it looks like gold but it's not gold. I can't think of the name for it, but it's like. Cool. <laughs> not full. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a when you get in, I don't know. It's hard to describe the, the word that I'm thinking of. But essentially, a lot of what social media is and a lot of what social media promotes are things it, like you could put up a post that says anything. I was in paper ABC in the middle of nowhere, read by no one. And it'll be a million people on social media that'll be like, yes, yeah. you killing it, girl. You doing it. Yes, yes, yes. Woohoo! Goals. You know what I mean? And so like, in the beginning of the online space, because people are so exceptional at gassing, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm killing it. And Chris was like, but the bank account don't look like, <laughs> like you're killing it. Like you're not able to employ anyone. You're still working all the time. You're still doing all these things. And so he was like the person who was like, okay, this is good. I'm glad you're happy, but we need tangible results that will help to feed our family. And that is, that is what he was looking at this like, because, um, you know, as most of you on here know, but I left a $300,000 salary to come and start my own business. And so when I did that, imagine how that affects the household. I literally had to be like, <laughs> like I had to get his his buy-in and his support. And I want to ask you about that. 
when that money left our household, what were your, because I've never, I've actually never asked him this guy. So if you, I, I mean, I see we have some questions and we're going to get to the questions that we have up here, but I want to ask him this while I remember it because I've never even seen this. And someone said, my husband is, it's, it's always like, how much money is it bringing in? Yes, they keep us focused. How did you feel when I came home and was like, not only am I leaving this $300,000, but I'm not going to go back into the workforce and get it back. That is that answer to that question. It's not straightforward in the way you would think it because we were in such a unique uh, position in, in our lives. So essentially it would need more context than I could give it right now. I, I do know this. It was I was looking forward to there being a big shift in some ways that we moved, you know, that we lived. I knew that there was going to be difference. I did, you know, come to uh, appreciate. I, I can't. I got used to some of the um, the perks that you that you received from uh, Big Law. Yeah. Right. The lifestyle was cool. However, I, I was at no point, no moment was I worried because I know. Wow. I know Ashley and I know us. We came from. We lived in my college apartment, my college <laughs> apartment <laughs> when we first got married. I ditched one of my 400 level classes for us to go get married. Yeah. Like I left school, went to the church. We got married and we went back to my dorm. Like that was, yeah, you know what I mean? True. So that was like the first, what, six months we yeah. lived in until we graduated. We were... and, and even after, even after we graduated, yeah. we sold I sold our college books after we graduated for the last bit of money we needed to put the deposit on our first apartment. So yeah. I knew that we were scrappy and that we could make it through. It wasn't the money that I was concerned about. Yeah. What I was concerned about and conflicted with was her progress, her path, and her plan to, to move forward. I have seen um, Ashley make up her mind about, about something and then follow through to the T. And so as long as she yeah. had that attitude, as long as you were like in that that mind space, that head space, I was like, cool, we going to grind. Yeah. We pulled back the budget immediately. It was yeah. like some things we're not going to do. But there, to be honest, we didn't really suffer or, you know, we didn't suffer things. There are some things we sacrificed and we gave up. You know, there was no more uh, black cars, Right. Right. Like we, we couldn't just do the black car. There was no more, oh, you know, gosh. uh there were there were no more lunches like randomly in the middle of the day. And not only that, like you all have to like we would do if I would win a trial or something would happen and we were excited, Chris would come home and I'd be like, Babe, next week we're going to Jamaica. He'd be like, We we doing what? I was like, Yeah, and then Monday after that, I think we're gonna do Thailand. Like we all like it was because yeah. we didn't spend our money on like cars and Gucci bags. Like if you go back, I'm not a and there's nothing wrong with that. I just wasn't, I wasn't excited. Like, oh, I'm about to go get this new Gucci. Like, that wasn't my thing. It was like, all right, I'm about to hop this flight. And if we do really well that year, it's like, we're going to fly first class yep. internationally. Like, those are the things that we love to do. So I totally get the lifestyle point. One, there's two questions that came through. So if you have any more questions, let us know. But one is, how did you shift your mindset, Ashley? What was your first sacrificial moment that you remember going into being a full-time entrepreneur? One of the things that, here's what really led me to being a full-time entrepreneur, disrespect. If we're 100% honest about it, 
my pride wouldn't let me be disrespected the way that corporate America disrespected me. Like at the point that it was like, I had this boss, right? And I've talked about her before and it, I don't even want to give her that much credence, but the, the short and long of it is she was disrespectful. She thought that I had to be grateful for her for an opportunity. It was a white woman. She thought that she had given me something that I could not have gotten otherwise. And though she, and so she wanted to make it very clear that everything I had in that moment, it was from her. I was doing that like and, and then she talked to me crazy like I'm talking to, like disrespect. And it was at that moment that I was like, you know what? Never again. I will always control my destiny. I will always hold the power and I am not going to allow any person, particularly as a black woman in this world. I was not going to work this hard to allow. And I'm going to just be real with you all. A woman who looked like people that used to oppress my people talk to me and act like my parents, my generation, my family, my family's legacy, their hard work wasn't what got me here. It was her. I wanted to make it. I, I just wasn't going to tolerate that high level of disrespect. And I got so angry about it that I, that I made this decision in my mind that was like, if these people, this predominantly white law firm that 20 or like 50 years ago, I could not have worked at, right? If this law firm is going to pay me $300,000, then that means I have to be worth millions upon millions because they never give Black people stuff for free. Like, look at history. When has it ever been like, you know what? We're going to give this to y'all. You all have done enough. You all helped build this country. Never. And so it was the disrespect. And not only the disrespect for me, but then I started to look up at all the, the Black women lawyers and Black men lawyers that I respected. And I was like, okay, well, babe, you know, he's a partner. He's this, she's that. And then I talked to them and they had no power. They couldn't make decisions. They couldn't decide we're going to hire 50 Black lawyers and get it done. They couldn't decide we're going to make sure that Black people get promoted and get it done. They couldn't even speak up when Black people were being disrespected because they were so scared of losing that little money that somebody gave them. That was so weak to me. If I'm going to just be real, yeah. it was disrespect that made me an entrepreneur because I started thinking about it. I was like, why would God give me this voice when I can't use it? And what made me even more mad was as a Black woman, I was still allowing white people to tell me how how I could use my voice because I was so scared that if I use my voice in the right way, they would take my check and my family couldn't eat. Absolutely the heck not. So that's that's more of a context and background, right? <laughs> so you add that and then she comes home and says like, like I'm leaving, I'm leaving Big Law. I'm like, Hey guys, I want to come in really quickly and tell you all about the Speak Your Way to Cash course. This course is for speakers who are looking to consistently book paid speaking engagements. In short, if you are ready to speak your way to cash, this is the course you need. There are over 17 modules, you heard that right, 17, that cover getting clarity in your speaking career, branding through the press, a seven-figure sales panel, selecting your niche and finding engagement, selling your signature speech and building it out, onboarding and offboarding clients, implementation and taking it to the next level. And then let me tell you about the 10 bonus trainings that encompass the 17 trainings that you're gonna get. The bonus trainings cover things like branding as a speaker, the best tools for finding engagements, determining whether a topic is viable, speech writing for success, speaking techniques, self-publishing for speakers, sales success, landing association and college clients, navigating the conference market, and so much more. You even get the exact pitch templates that I use to land college clients over and over again and the press pitch templates that I use. So look, you can get this course by going to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash S-Y-W-T-C course. ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash S-Y-W-T-C course. Or 
Just enter Ashley Kirkwood Speak Your Way to Cash course in Google and it should come right up. Thanks guys for listening. Let's get back to this interview. Well, and I asked a few questions. I said, remember when we got we first got married and we were talking about law school and you said that, you know, working in big law, becoming a partner was your dream. Is that still the case? And she because I was under the impression that she had already made it to the the career space that she wanted to, to be in. And she was just going to, you know, go to the go straight to the top. Yep. And she told me that it wasn't. And then she began to lay out what she wanted to do. And I was like, cool, because we already have a platform with that. Yeah. By this time, we were already recording the Ashley Nicole show every Saturday morning at at the crack of dawn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, OK. So so wait, I have, I need to write that down because we got to go back to that because Chris, Chris definitely has something to say for that. But another point that what Chris is saying. So, yeah, we were recording the Ashley Nicole show. I got to tell you about that. This is not the first time we're doing this. But one of the questions that came up that I think is relevant now before I forget is how do they was like, what's your philosophy on giving back? as a family and building and rebuilding your community. So one of the things we started while we were in, while I was in big law and while Chris was at um, another company, not the company he's at now, mm-hmm. was this company, um, it was a nonprofit called the, the Kirkwood, Kirkwood Foundation, Foundation, where we were teaching black students on the west side of Chicago about black professionals in high paying careers that made six figures or more within three years of graduated, graduation. So our philosophy has always been, we have and then we give, but we give from what we have. We, I don't, at, like my husband has a background of service. His family's a pastor. My dad's a pastor. And what we saw growing up was so many church people that gave from lack versus giving from abundance. And so it's our philosophy as a family that yes, we're going to give, yes, we're going to give back, but we're going to ensure that our foundation is solid so that we're giving from abundance so that we don't have to start and stop. And so the Kirkwood Foundation was self-funded for the most part. We maybe raised a couple thousand dollars a year, but it was predominantly self-funded. And we took them to Google and Curlmix and all these other big companies that they were able to see Black excellence at these organizations and at these companies. And we taught them how to ask for money and ask hard money conversations. So the Kirkwood Foundation was beautiful. We did it for three years. When our class graduated and went off to college, our last class, we stopped the foundation. So that was last year, I believe. And we were able to give each of them, I think, $1,500 scholarships so that they could do what they need to do in college. But we should be able to do more. And we're planning now the next phase of our giving will be based on revenue markers for our law firm. So for the law firm, so for Mobile General Counsel, that's the firm that I own. Once they reach certain revenue markers, we have planned to ensure that we're donating that money back into, and, and I can't say, because I'm from Flossmore, so it's not going to go to Flossmore. That, my, I live in a, my, my actual hometown community is a very nice community. I'm not going to be donating money to them. But like two Black to the to propelling black excellence, I mean, also some global initiatives that we have, but it's based on abundance. Yeah, it's not going to be we give while we're trying to like no, we're not. So, I, I don't believe. So what what we made sure is we were in a position to give. If if it was going to come from us personally, it wasn't going. We weren't going to hurt from it, right? We didn't yeah. give. We didn't give anything that we didn't have the space to give, and you know. And eventually, I think after that, that after the first year, we actually raised money, raised funds, uh, grant funding from yeah. uh, a few different sources. We really, really um, poured into those students everything that we knew. Yeah. Not only did we take them out to different places, but we brought in doctors, black doctors. We, we yep. brought in other black lawyers. Yeah. We brought in other uh, public speakers, uh, teachers, 
Um, we were, you know, we put them in front of people that they that look like them so that they can aspire. And we told them for sure. We told them that you are going to be challenged to give back to your community. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be asked by your family. We want to make sure that you to the students are in a best position to give back. So you are not given from your last. You know, you're not spending your rent money trying to help somebody else pay their rent. That's not the motto that that's going to help us to achieve wealth. And we wanted to make sure that we instill that into the, you know, the young people that we were in front of. And so that was really the motto. It, it was how do you give from a place of abundance? I've right. I seen somebody say that. And that, yeah. that was our motto. We want to we want to make sure that these, you know, these the next generation of, of black and brown individuals, they understand that you should give back. You should serve. You should also be in a be in a position financially to be able to donate things. And you don't have to feel guilty about it. And I'll be honest, like that's not, we, so one, we have very different, but very parallel backgrounds. So we went to the same high school, went to the same junior high, went to the same grammar school, although we did not know each other at all those phases, as he likes to always point out. But both our parents are pastors and it's almost like we have parallel backgrounds, but very different. Different sides of the same coin. Different sides of the same coin. So that is that's something to consider. But one of the things that that was helpful with us, with our backgrounds, is that although I grew up in a family where money was like my parents, my parents did well, like whatever we wanted, we could have. We traveled as kids. We flew all around, like driving in nice cars, like nice restaurants. I grew up like that. And when we would when I would approach situations, it was always from a, it was never from a mindset of like lack or I couldn't have it. My dad taught me very young. First off, my mom taught me that I'm the prize. So they were big on like, look, you the prize. You date somebody, this ain't charity. If he don't got X, Y, and Z, it's cool for you to move on and leave. And my dad taught me if someone gives you a no, they're just not the right person to give you a yes. So I went into all rooms with that, like I'm about to dominate type personality. And my husband was like, well, first of all, he would have to tell me like, babe, no, that's not normal. That's not how people think. You got to make sure that you're being, you know, reasonable here. So what was the shift for you? Because some people feel guilty about success or they feel like that that's being um, selfish or being arrogant or whatever because they want to get it. What was your shift that was from like, okay, I may have been raised a certain way, but I don't have to limit myself based on how I was raised. How did you get to the point where you're like, my family is going to build wealth. We are going to have some stuff and we are going to save and help some people. I believe that is still an ongoing process. However, I am way closer to the side that says my family is building wealth. Um, I believe it it was probably while we were dating, while we were dating, you know, and I got a chance to uh, to really get to, get to know um, Ashley's family and understand where they were coming from. That's something that I believe I do really well is. I'm going to watch and observe and see how people move and see what they talk about to see what's most important to them and then then see how that plays out in their actions. And um, it was something that was very, very crucial to me to see that. I grew up watching The Cosby Show and aspiring to to have a family like that, Um, you know, watching. watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and looking at how Will was placed, you know, in in a, a surrogate family that 
that showed him different things. And so that was always something that I knew that I wanted to, to reach. Right. Yeah. Those are my only representations of that. I didn't have a real one until I started to to branch out and see, um, you know, see, see uh, people and families like Ashley's family, you know, her parents and see how they interacted with each other and how there was just such a, a great expectation on, on where she would go, what she would achieve. And that's something that, um, that I, I didn't personally get, um, and it's of no fault of my my parents. They they taught me what they were taught, and yeah. that's something that I think once I realized that my parents did the greatest job they could have ever done yeah. with the knowledge that they had available to them and the resources that they had, then I got over myself, you know, because yeah. it was yeah. like it's anger, it's pain, it's like how come y'all didn't do this? But I got to realize my parents were able to move from the West side of Chicago mm-hmm. to Olympia fields in a five bedroom house. That was essentially, you know, we lived on an acre of land Yeah, and then we were able to go to the best schools, you know, some of the best schools in the, you know, in the country yep. with six kids. Yeah. And to this day, I still don't know how they did it. <laughs> I still don't know. Right. I still don't know, but I was able to see that because my father was an entrepreneur. My father is, you know, he's a pastor. He was, I don't, my father never had a job, like an actual clock in nine to five job my mm-hmm. entire lifetime. Yeah. I don't know how he made money, but, you know, but I knew that he would take, like, he would take me to different um, meetings and, and deals. Mm-hmm. And so I know, I knew that he was business minded. You know, they started a nonprofit. They had contracts with the city of Chicago. They had contracts with the state of Illinois. So I seen him move and, you know, and get things. So it was, it was there. And I learned the way, the way and method in which I criticize, critique, and assess business and evaluation mm-hmm. comes from my father. My demeanor comes from my mom. So that was always there. But it took me seeing a real life example and really, you know, seeing that these people, they love God, they care for family, but they're about getting that paper. And you can do all three. And you can do all three and you don't have to compromise. You don't have to compromise who you are, your integrity, your Christianity or your your religion, all of that stuff. Once I seen it, then it clicked for me and I was like, cool, we here. That's where we're going. That's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah, that's good. And so for people watching who are like, OK, my husband, because I've seen some comments come through like, yeah, look, my husband's the same way. I need to. I, he's like, where's it? Where's that paper at? Baby, what's going on with the money? <laughs> when are you going to make things work? What? What at what point was it that you were like, okay, this may really work? Because you said you had no doubts, but was there ever a point where you were like, I don't know if this is gonna work? Like, because I know it took about a solid, and I say this all the time when I started the business, it took about six months before we were really bringing in money. And it has not, and then I think it was last year, Chris was like, Have you had a single month where you didn't make money? And I was like, No, like we didn't have any months like that. For me, it was. We watch a lot of business type shows. Yeah. Like one of our favorite shows today is The Prophet. Yes, with and Marcus Lemonis. Marcus Lemonis. And, and that's something that that I really, you know, took to heart. And I was asking some of those questions that he posed, but then I had I had a name to give it. I had a terms and technical um terminology um and, and a lexicon to be able to to uh really give critical feedback. And so once I was able to do that, it was like, okay, I'm not concerned with the long term. It's the short term goals. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing today? What are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing this week that's going to help us to streamline? Because at first, I don't know if you remember, 
you had about six different businesses going on at one time. And I was like, no, no, absolutely no. No, this is not going to happen. I was like, you got to, and I told her, I said, three to four of those things you have to cut out because your time and attention is, is everywhere. Yeah. And it's not that you can't do it, but you can't do it effectively. I do not believe in multitasking. I don't believe that it's humanly possible. There may be some anomaly. However, if you are doing one, if you're doing two things, one thing is going to suffer. Yeah. You're going to do one thing better than the other. The other thing is going to, it's going to lack attention. It's going to, it's going to lack your dedication. You cannot focus. I don't believe that we are equipped as humans to do more than one thing effectively to the fullness of our capability at the same time. There are times where we have to, we got to juggle a few things. Right. And that's where you prioritize. However, at that that particular moment and that 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 space in our lifetime, it was just too many things, and the majority of them were suffering. And because of that, it's like, okay, now you have to drill down, you have to narrow down, and focus in on what one get at least one thing that you love to do, and then one thing that that is going to bring in revenue now. Yeah. And so when they boil down to it, it was speaking and it was law. Yeah. It was illegal services. So it was at that moment and, you know, she really had, because she was doing the show, the Ashton Nicole show. Yeah, and then it was called Passion, Purpose, and Paycheck. So before I even started, oh, this is a great question. Before I even started, before I became a full-time entrepreneur, because a lot of you, some of you are still in corporate. What I did was I did this this YouTube show. It is still up. So if you Google the Ashley Nicole show, all the old videos, yeah, scroll back a couple years. They're all they're all still there. I interviewed entrepreneurs who were making money, full-time entrepreneurs, and talked to them about how they made their first, you know, five thousand dollars, where they got their funding from, how they started the business, how they bootstrapped. And I was doing this. I was going to work all day, but I would wake up at five a.m. on Saturday morning, and I hired a videographer, a producer, a makeup artist and I was doing this show and recording it. So Chris would be asleep on and, and he loves to sleep, y'all. Saturdays, Chris would be asleep. 5 a.m., people are in there, makeup artists, and we in there cackling. Yogi, Making my noise. makeup artist. Oh my gosh. Having a great time. And he, <laughs> we would be having a great time. And then we eventually got a studio and we really professionally produced it. So you all can go back and check out some of those videos. But I think that it was at that moment that gave Chris kind of a lens into, and it gave me a foundation upon which to do some market research into how are entrepreneurs who are making money doing it. Because I started my show when I would, I would watch these shows and I'd be like, man, if you all listen to the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast, you know that I ask the questions that people want to know. Like, so how are you making money? What were you charging? How did you get your first client? And it was those probing questions that gave me insight into thinking for a whole year I did this. It was like, okay, I've talked to 50 people who own businesses. I am similar to a lot of them. They told me how they made their first amount of money. They told me the struggles they had. So that way I'm not going in blind. So even though I didn't have a a solid plan of when I was going to leave, I at least had a foundation upon which I could base decisions from just talking to other business owners. So for those of you out there that want to be exposed to to people on a higher level, you're going to have to sometimes create platforms so that they are interested in speaking to you about what you want to know because people are busy, but most people like platforms. So they will do that. So I want to answer this Get your opinion on this question. Um, um, Let's read it first for the people on Instagram who can't see it. How did you know which idea was going to work and be profitable? So that's the question. So that's a great question. What I've seen is that people pay to see Ashley speak. 
to see her, to hear her speak. I knew that that was going to be something that would be profitable in the long term once we found the correct process. However, in the short term, Ashley had already made a ton of money in her legal career. So I knew that that was going to be the avenue because she was already well-equipped to do it. She knew what she was doing and she could, you know, get clients right away. So that was really it. It was, I knew that it was going to be something that was, all, there was already a need for it. It's scalable. And she had all of the tools uh, by which to, to carry out that uh, legal services. So mm-hmm. that was the thing that was like, okay, this could bring in money right away. So that was the idea that we knew would be profitable. Long-term, it was the speaking. I knew that speaking, her getting in front of an audience would be the thing that would that would potentially be really the big ticket item, so to speak. It would be the the, the business that would really, really grow um, to be a, a huge, you know, revenue generating um, business. Yeah, it's so interesting because Chris saw the potential for all of this when I didn't. There were literally moments, guys, when I was going to... <laughs> I was going to stop doing the firm. I was like, I'm not about to do this. Absolutely not. And I told <laughs> like, you, I was stop. in the car one day crying. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not about to be doing all this, taking all these calls with all these people. They talking about they don't got no budget. I'm not dealing with this. Like I was over it. I was so frustrated. And it was in that moment that Chris was the one who was like, first off, you are going to keep doing that firm. (laughs) Number one, you are going to keep doing that firm. And number two, you're going to grow this speaking practice because you're going to end up coaching people. And that is going to be your multi, multi, multi million dollar business. Because guess what? The more people hear you speak, the more people want you to speak. And that's what you go do. And I was like, no, it's not scalable. And People aren't going to pay me to coach them and they're not going to pay me to do this. They're not going to pay me. And he was like, they are going to pay you. And and I think you need someone who can see like you need a, a third party view because it's very easy for us to discount our greatness because it comes so naturally to us. And Chris is the one he's in the cut like, no, nah, I'm looking at how in a snowstorm you filled up a pretty big stadium. You had 200 people come out in a huge snowstorm to hear you speak. And it was off nothing but the fact that you were going to be there speaking. Like, they had no clue what they were <laughs> going to come and see. Nothing. And in my head and I told Ashley when she was you know, frustrated, I was like, you know, go talk to you. You need to talk to, but you're not quitting this firm like, you're not, you're not, because. I can only attribute it to the Holy Spirit. It was divine intervention, but I could see clear as day that there was a a marrying of of speaking and legal services. Yeah, it just it just it was just as clear as I can see this screen. It was just no, it's going to it's going to blend. Just let it work. Like trust the process. Like it will work. And lo and behold, your speaking clients become your legal, legal clients, clients. Mm-hmm. and it is. And it's done with efficacy, yeah, with efficiency, and it's done with, you know, it's, it's done ethically. Yeah. So that's I mean, that's been that's been a real game changer for me. Yeah. And, and I couldn't really see it, but he could. And that's the beauty and the blessing of having somebody on your team. I'm sorry, y'all. We are, we're getting our I'm getting my office redone. So if you hear noise, that's what it is. But you, it's like that having that support is really, 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 really important. So we've gotten a lot of questions here. This one says, how long did you practice before you decided to open your own firm? And do you recommend practicing at a firm before going solo? So I recommend one. Yes. Here's why. I practiced at the firm, I think it was two or three years. And then in law school, I did three firms as well. So I worked at a total of four law firms over the course of 
probably four or five years if you include law school as well. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so full time, two or three years. And, and I the reason I recommend it is because and this is just from my vantage point. If you can't do it, if you got to go full out and do your own firm right away, then you got to do that right away. I What I love about having a big law experience first before having my own firm is that it showed me the greatness that is out there. Like I had never seen I had, I wasn't I grew up. We grew up, I assumed we grew up middle class, upper middle class. I don't know what people consider that to be, but that's what I assumed it was. So I was like, okay, we're doing good. We're not like, you know, the Kardashian level rich. We're doing well. Like, I know we we got some stuff, but going to that firm, oh, that was a game changer because I went and found the highest paid partners of the firm. There were people making 20 plus million dollars a year at the firm and seeing that was so powerful to me because I had the confidence to walk into their offices, older white guys primarily, but that's right. (laughs) I'd walk into their offices and I was like, so, so Bob, tell me, how did you um, get your first client? And who gave it to you? And how did you develop that relationship? And when did you bring in business? And when did you do your first trial? And how many trials did you do? All right, Bob, well, I want to do the same thing. I plan on bringing in a ton of business to this firm. And they were so like impressed with the fact that I would even talk to them that they started putting me on game. And guess who was it? Guess, let me tell you, this is why the whole race, there's all these racial injustices in America. If you can get passing people for their color and figure out what they know and get to the knowledge that they know, you're going to do better in life just anyways, right? But it was a um, it was a mentor of mine who was a, a white guy. He had done well in corporate. He sat me down one day and he was like, you know what, Ashley? Let me tell you something. You're a leader and I could give you a job at my firm. We'd be glad to have you. We'd be honored to have you. But the fact of the matter is our firm, the way firms are set up, we are not looking for leaders. We are looking for soldiers. When you're an associate, we are looking for soldiers. We are looking for people who are going to follow the directions, who are going to do what they need to do, who are going to listen, who are going to do it the way we want them to do it. Because at the point that you're an associate, you're not in charge. He was like, but you, you're a leader. You could be in charge. You could get business. You could do all of that. And so you want to make it very, very, very clear that you can, or you want to make sure that you're listening to people who have vision for your life, because it's going to be those individuals that help you to get to the next level. So I do recommend going to a firm because it gives you mentorship. I think it gave me confidence and it allowed me to see at the highest level how the game is played so that I can now bring that back to my clients, sell it to the clients that we're going to get in the future and package it in a way that is industry standard and top of the line. So if you can work, don't just work somewhere, right? But if you can work somewhere that exemplifies greatness, that will teach you a skill set, then absolutely you should do that. What she said. (laughs) (laughs) Then absolutely you should do that. So uh, someone said, I found your site on YouTube in the earlier days and you've evolved so far. Your content has always been phenomenal, but the audio video made a great difference. In a short amount of time, your business has grown and I wish I committed with your team two years ago. It ain't too late. (laughs) It's not too late. But yeah, I appreciate you being a part of the journey and kind of seeing that the the evolution and seeing those videos that really means a lot to me. So I really do appreciate that. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. It's definitely been a journey. So I definitely want to make sure that that you all keep going and, and realize that. And Chris, what would you say to people who are like, how do I get that support? Where do I one? How do I get that support if I am married? And then if I'm not married, how do I choose the right person to be attached to my legacy so that I'm not making the wrong decision on the dating end. So I want your opinions on both of those. One, you get support from your family by including them in what you are doing. And I know that that may, like, on a base level, you you may say, hey, mom, dad, husband, wife, sister, brother, whomever, I am planning on doing such and such. Well, they may say right away, they may give their honest 
you know, opinion, and it may say, hey, I don't think you should do that. However, the way that I was able to give support to Ashley is when she sat me down and explained certain technical things to me about whatever it is that she was doing. That way I'm I'm now vested because I understand what she's talking about and I can actually go on my own, look up things, watch other people, you know, find some resources to be able to bring back. But it was only after she really explained to me what it is that she's planning on doing, doing, and then we could talk together on how she's going to do it. But I'll tell you, we really had a difficult time um, when Ashley went to law school. When she first started law school um, and then she got, you know, a, a level of of comfortability with legal terms in her classes and she was meeting friends and, and different people, we started to go a different, you know, in our different ways because when we got together, I didn't understand what she was talking about. So it became really, really difficult for us to, to communicate because she was fully vested in law school, but I didn't have an understanding. I didn't know. She was speaking a whole different language and it was a few times we bumped heads and then we actually sat down and I was like, look, you have to explain these things to me. The only way that we can communicate is if we are the same wavelength and we are speaking the same language. You have to get your family to speak the same language that you are. If they don't, cool, then you can only give them the surface level wins, the surface level, you know, you can't, everybody won't, you can't make people support you. You can ask them and there's a certain level of expectation, especially for your spouse, but that's not everybody. And Here's another thing that, you know, I'm not gender bashing at all, but I've seen women do this. They will say that their husband is not supporting them, but they discount the husband or the significant other taking them to and fro uh, fro to work, carrying in boxes, setting up events, rubbing their their feet at night. Um, Just being there for just being there is is a level of support that is often discounted by significant others. And, and that's something that, that I had to tell, tell Ashley to do is that I work a full-time job. I will not be able to do everything right next with you, right next to you. However, there's sometimes that I could actually give you support front, front loaded, but I won't, I won't be able to be there uh, during the, the event or I can be there afterward. And so that's something that we have to really, really, really take ownership of. There's another question. How do you work to find the right partner that will support you? It's all about vision, right? It's about vision. It's uh, you have to make sure that the person that you are dedicating your life to has energy to be able to say, we are here today, but we plan on being there tomorrow. If you go and you are dating somebody that doesn't have any drive, no passion, no energy, no expectations, no goals, it's the wrong person for you. I don't need to know them. But you know that there's some some people who are going to be there and have your back. Those are you start at a friendship level, right? You have to Ashley and I first we first met and we first interacted on the level that, hey, your family is similar to my family. We but we started a a relationship and that was a game changer for us, because once we started talking about what our, our family background, we started talking about what our goals are. And then we started to actually put our goals together. And you have to be able to have conversations with your husband, with your wife, about with your girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, whoever that is, with your life partner about where you guys are going. You have to dream together. In our, our vacations, we would go to Bali. We would sit there out in the middle of the jungle at our hotel and we would just dream about next year, we are going to be there. Next year, we're going to do this. But when we first got together, we were going to Schomburg. 
when we first got married, our trips, our vacations were in Schaumburg. They were in local towns. You know, we did staycations or or small getaway trips, but we were always talking about the future. We were always planning and not just talking about it. We were getting resources. We put ourselves in front of older couples, couples that have been married, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It was always about who can help us to get to the next level. It's always about, so you have to find somebody that that you can really grow with. And sometimes it's it's the underdog, but you you know you give people the opportunity when you're dating, but when it when you're married, it's a different it's a different thing. You have to be able to to talk to each other, to communicate effectively, to be able to criticize, ask those critical questions. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, this is good, guys. Okay, if you all, so here's what I here's what I want you all to do. I know he was down here dropping gems while I was going with yes. our little princess. Um, there's another question for Chris. Okay. Ooh. Okay, come on with this question. I'm gonna let Chris answer this. I ain't gonna say nothing. All right, so there's a question. I'm impressed how you check your ego in supporting your wife and in essence, supporting your family. How did you check your ego and support her dream and not pursue your own? Um, well, I wanna say that I am pursuing my own and my my dream is is really to to build up the next generation of of black, you know, of black people. And so that's something that I've been working because I work, I still work full time. I work full time in um, in education. And so I'm able to do that. And then we found a way to marry my dream yeah. to, you know, to what Ashley is doing. And so I get fulfillment out of, out of being there and supporting my family. And so my ego is, I'll, I'll say I was jealous of Ashley's, not her, not her success, not her making more money than me. I never had a problem with that. But what I was really, really I struggled with when we first got married was her ability to identify what her dream was, identify what her her uh, life's journey was, what her reason for being and then dedicated to it. And so that's something that I actually had to learn. And I learned it from Ashley. So my ego got in check by me saying, OK, so why if I'm upset, what am I upset about? At the end of that dialogue with myself, it wasn't Ashley. It was me. It was my own, you know, personal, it was my personal hindrances that that stopped me from doing that. And so that's something that I, I just t- told myself, like, we win together. If she wins, I win. If I win, she wins. And that was, you know, after I came to that conclusion, which was like, what, year, maybe year two, I was like, all of this stuff is like off to the side. So it, it became, I had to have a real, real deal, sit down with Chris and say, Chris, look, fool. If she does well, the whole family does well. So it's more beneficial for it's more beneficial for you to you know to build and support. And so because my aspirations are about about traveling the world, and I really really have a I like finance. I really like the stock market. Those are something that that I'm able to you know I'm able to do that and support you know support Ashley with with whatever she needs. So can I just say one? I love that he started off, and first off. Thank you so much for asking that question, because I feel like that's a question that a lot of people have, but would never even have the confidence or vulnerability to ask. And I appreciate you for just sharing your heart with everyone about that question, because I'm sure that a lot of people are wondering that. But as we're building this business for now, Chris is securing our legacy through what he does in the stock market. We don't talk about it a lot, but Chris has, what, 150 percent returns this year, if not more, more, yeah, if not 200% returns, when they, when it was being managed by a large company, it, the returns were like 3%. Mm-hmm. 
My husband's over here getting 100 and over 100% returns, securing our legacy, securing our retirement, investing that money, doing options trading, and then studying it, reading books on it, listening to podcasts on it. So the stuff you can't see is securing the future and the foundation and the stuff that you do see is securing us right now. And I, I think that that is why you need a real deal team member, like someone who's like, interested in your success. Look at her. Yeah, and, so I'm, and I am 100% okay with other people not being okay with our situation. That it doesn't, yeah. it don't, it don't press me. It don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you need to do at your, at your household. And I, I just want to say to all of the men out there that you, once you pick your wife, you are blessed and you have mm. to treat her. You have to treat her with the kindness and respect um, that she deserves. I have, I realized that my wife, my wife is a beast when it comes to, to corporate, when it comes to, you know, public engagement, when it comes to legal, like those are things that she is gifted with, right? She has that, those talents and I, I would do well. It's biblical, right? It's, it's within my best interest, our best interest for me to uplift her in those things. And she does an excellent job at doing that for me. Right. And so I just want to say like, you're not less of a man if your wife makes more money than you, but you mm-hmm. are less of a man if if you make her feel a certain kind of way because she does. Ooh, y'all, we weren't even gonna go. That wasn't even on so, the agenda. I mean, <laughs> Today. Like you, you have to know that you know that you are doing what you need to do to make sure that your family is secure, is safe, that your family is taken care of. And there were some things that I was able to to give, you know, for our family when we bought our house. When we bought when we first bought our house, it was, you know, it was, you know, money from from our IRA, from my IRA that, that helped us to get that. And I only share that to say that there are things that you can do to help secure movement forward for your family. And you have to be OK with that and never let any other man because it's it was a it was a man, a black man, older black man that asked me, hey, aren't you intimidated that your wife makes more money? She's so successful. And I looked at him up and down like he was a fool because that was a foolish thing to say. I smiled and I moved and kept it, kept it moving because there are some things that people will say to you that don't warrant a response. You don't have to argue with fools. And to the, to the ladies out there, <laughs> it's about, it's about making sure that your husband feels secure. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it, it is a, a brush of the ego. Sometimes it is. What's wrong with that? If it's, if it's not, you don't got to be over the top and you have to have expectations for each other. Yeah. You all together have to decide what the areas of strength and weaknesses are for each other. Yeah. And then you figure out how do you balance that out so you have the best possible outcome for your family. Yeah, that's this is this is such like honestly these are the types of conversations that people aren't having publicly because of ego. And and I would just say, you know, to all the women out there, we have to be careful to protect what's ours. Because I see a lot of conversation that sometimes like if a man ain't making X, Y, and Z, I ain't never going blah, 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 blah. When we got married, neither of us had made anything. Like if we're being real, we both came with nothing. And when I left my job and that six months we weren't making money, Chris was providing 100%. And so you have to be very, very, very careful about the things that you give homage to and the things that like for me, when I was looking for a husband, I wasn't even looking for a husband when I got married. We got married so young. When I decided I was going to marry Chris, it was all about what is his character like? What is his character like? <laughs> like that was the number. What is his character like? Does he love God? Will he check me? 
will he check me? <laughs> like, that's the other up there with character was like, will he check me? Will he tell me when I'm wrong? Will he ensure that I actually get into heaven? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, those were really, really, really big things. And um, we saw a question earlier that was like, how do you, it was a question for me, how do you maintain your confidence? Let me see if I can find it. Okay, here it is. Hey, Ashley, heard you on a podcast last week. I'm starting over at 57 and struggling with confidence as I start my own business. What suggestions would you make for support and keep going this? So number one, I don't know what your family situation is like, but I would see if you could just find one person who can support you. Just one person who you can be vulnerable with, who you can share your wins with, who you can celebrate things with, because that's going to be really, really important. Number two, I would develop confidence building activities. So this could be like, if I make five posts this week, I'm going to celebrate at the end of the week. It's not tied to finances. It's not tied to anything else. If I get one like this week, I'm going to mean, that means that I'm impacting a life. That person could then go, because I believe in ripple impact. We look at impact like, oh, she has 15,000 followers. She's making a lot of impact. Or, oh, she's speaking to so many people. Or, oh, she made seven figures. She's making a lot of impact. Oh, she has a husband. She's making a lot of impact. We we need to evaluate, reevaluate impact, not in terms of social media numbers, but like real numbers. If each and every person, I heard that someone said this to me and it really changed my life. Um, when I first started my YouTube channel, no one would watch. I'd have like nine views and not no one would watch. Sometimes no one would watch, but sometimes it'd be very few people. It'd be like nine, nine or 10 views. And there was someone who said, if you look, if you were in a live room and you came to a live event and 10 people after that event came up to you and said, my life was changed from watching that video, how would you feel? That's the exact same way we should feel when we have five people like a post. Those are five real people. That's one real person that you impacted. And that impact has a lot of value. And so I would shift what you consider to be success, make it based on things like activities that you can reach and make it make service goals instead of just income goals. I want to serve 50 people. And these are the avenues that I'm going to do that because income and visibility and all the things that we glare, uh, glorify come from high level service. If you can serve really, really well, you're going to impact a lot of people. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to do a lot of good. But if all of your goals are like fictitious goals, it's going to be hard. So when confidence, one, I've given you a lot, but confidence comes from doing. You have to do stuff in order to get confidence in it. You want to be a speaker, you have to speak. You want to be a lawyer, you have to go to law school. You have to do stuff. And as you start to do stuff and you get better at it because you are prepared for it, you're going to build your confidence up. And if you still struggle, write out goals. I gave um, an, an exercise last night that was like, you need to rewrite your life story. So I'm 57, I'm starting over. Maybe that story serves you, but maybe a better story that'll serve you even more is after having over 50 years of experience in this life, I've decided to rebrand and give the world something better, an even better version of myself. And I know these next five years are gonna be even more impactful than the last 50 because I have experience to lean on that I didn't otherwise have. I'm so excited about the next level opportunity that I'm walking into. I can't wait to impact more people. Sometimes our language is just not very positive. It's like negative. Like I'm 57 and I'm starting order over. Why did you say that? Is it because you think that that is old and so it's too old to start over or you have some issue with that? Like you want to just make sure that whatever narrative you tell yourself about your present is a narrative that serves your future. Like that would be the, the overarching theme that I would say for that. But 57, my mom is, how old is my mom? Like 60... I mean, she looks good either way. Like 50, She's 50s. in her 50s. But like in her 50s, she lost what? Like 
She lost all this weight, redid herself. She's reinvigorated her career. She went back to school after we were grown to get her MBA. She's never allowed age or people's perception to stop her. And honestly, she looks amazing. She's always looked amazing and always been very fly. But I feel like this is probably going to be some of the best years of her life. And it's after her kids are grown, yeah. whatever the age is. And so I just look at that and I'm like, man, Age doesn't have to, the, the seeing my mom age so gracefully has shown me that age doesn't have to be a prohibitor to greatness or a prohibitor to reinvention or a prohibitor to innovation. And all the narratives we have about age, especially as women, we can just totally throw those away by looking at women who have defined, who have defied or gone against those standards. You know, I would just keep that in mind. Look at people who motivate you and go from there. Um, someone says powerful message. This is so good. So, so look, guys, if you enjoyed having Chris on today, because Christelle's going to need attention now. We got to go have family day stuff. If you've enjoyed having Chris on today, just drop a note about how Chris impacted you, how much you enjoyed having him on. Because here's why. I'm going to need these notes to get Chris <laughs> back on because I really want him to do more. And Chris, you had another question. And I've asked him this question. Yes. Okay. I have asked Chris this question. This is deep, bruh. I'm into finance and stocks, but I've lost a lot of money. Have you considered making a group for uh, bros at HF or online? So uh, I will. I want to say I've lost money too. Like we, we, <laughs> like we, we lost some money, right? We lost some money, and we lost out on some great opportunities. So I, I feel like that. In, in my mentors have you know have have shared with me like if you haven't if you haven't lost, then you know it's it's about yet. And so um, I think that it's just par for the course. I have considered about making a group. The reason why I haven't done it and I've put it off is is because I want to um, I want to be able to to be able to be in a place where I am uh, sure of my technical just a lexicon, right? It's just a, a level of confidence for me personally. Um, is really the only reason why I haven't done it. But I'm I'm more than um, I'm more than willing to to be a part of a group just to uplift one another and just you know share ideas. That's that's fine. But Ashley wanted me to do like a class. I'm not or a podcast. Or a podcast. And so just interviewing other people because yeah. he has great mentors in it. My dad does socks, taught him a bit. Then he has another mentor that taught him even more. And so now it's like you should share this. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I, I will. It's a matter. It's a matter of when. Yes, I will. Yeah. Okay, good. So hold them to it. Hold but, them to but it. But don't don't stop don't stop trading. Don't stop investing because you know because you lose money, and that's something that that I had to learn. You know, it, it hurts. It sucks losing money, but remember that it, it's about learning. It's all about you know you don't take an L. It's a lesson. So to get back on there and don't feel bad if you have to start you know using if you have to start by purchasing you know percentages of shares of stock, like you know so start where you need to start. We started by first we opened up our accounts and then we will put in, you know, a couple hundred dollars at a time until we until we started, a, you know, a little nest egg to, to be able to, to um, invest in. Yeah. But we started with like five hundred dollars and made our first investment. Right. And it was a bust. <laughs> it was a <laughs> bust. Like we, we lost all our money the first year. But, you know, <laughs> but I started learning and and we were able to over time just be able to, to grow. And that's something that like I got a lot of energy from because it was a small win. I think, you know, it actually was talking about, you know, rebranding. I feel like I'm in a, a season of rebranding. Like I've been in service and, in, in, you know, in education my entire life, you know, inching up to my mid thirties, which I'm young. However, I've been doing this one thing for a very long time. And, Over a decade. And it was Ashley who, who told me, like, you have experience 
you have such great experience in doing these things that you could easily transfer those skills to a different industry. And that's, I believe, I feel like that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, no, this was good. This was good. And so we got a comment. It says, this was great to get a male perspective from a husband who has a wife who is very ambitious and a trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was good, guys. Okay, we're going to do this more. Come on as a family. Even if me and Chris try to come on, Christelle's going to make an appearance. She'll be talking hey. soon. She probably would go to her dad. You want to daddy? Hey. Oh, my goodness. Look at that hey. smile. As soon as daddy picks her up, she's like all smiles. But yeah, so I'm glad you all joined us for this episode of the Ashley Nicole Show. I'll also make sure I put this on the Speaker Ready Cash podcast. If you're listening to this after the fact, you want to join live, make sure your notifications are on for those of you who like this. We try to plan our lives, but it's hard with the baby. So just make sure your notifications are on on Instagram and on Facebook. We're going to be going live more (laughs) as a family and talking through some of the things. Because at this point in my life, there's just no way I could share with you guys my heart without also giving you the perspective of Chris and Christelle when she starts talking and speaking her way to cash too. But this was dope. So thank you so much for joining again. Have an awesome, 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 awesome day. And I am praying for this country. It looks like it may, it may, may turn out all right. Okay. All right. Have a good one. Talk to you all All soon. All right. Wasn't that interview amazing? If you're anything like me, you have pages full of notes, but here's the thing. Before you head out, I want you to go to facebook.com and Join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group. That is where I am. That's where a ton of other speakers are, a ton of other people who listen to the show. All We all congregate there and chat. And it's 100% free. Now, if you're ready to take your speaking career to the next level, I have two ways for you to do that. One, you can go to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash SYWTC live replay and pick up the live replay. That training is seven modules, chock full of information. It's crazy. Go over there, read all about it. Or if you want a more personal experience, you're already, you already know that you want to be a speaker. You're ready to fully commit and you want someone to walk you through it and save you tons of time Googling and doing it on your own. Then book a VIP day with me. You can go to AshleyNicoleKirkwood.com. Scroll down until you see the VIP day section and get more information on that there. All right. Thank you guys again for watching. Please do not forget to leave us a review. That is how we keep this train rolling and get some of the best speakers in the world to get on this show. So please, please, please leave a review. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram and Facebook in the Speaker Way to Cash group, Instagram at at the Ashley Nicole Show. And I'd be more than happy to chat with you and say hi. All right, y'all have an awesome, awesome day.